everyone. My name is Kat, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Kat. Quite nervous, actually. <laughs> First off, I'd like to thank the committee. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here to share my experience, strength, and hope with you all today. Um, my alcoholism is not a result of the troubles I've gone through, the experiences I've been through. The troubles I've gone through and the experiences I've been through are the result of my alcoholism. I did not grow up in an alcoholic home. I was not neglected. I was not deprived of worldly goods. I was not physically or sexually abused. I had two loving parents and a loving sister. Got everything I have ever wanted. And I had a great childhood. I cannot blame that for my alcoholism. I realize today that I had alcoholic tendencies and behaviors from the day I was born. I always got into trouble. I was a troublemaker of the family, um, always looking for chaos. I thrived off of it. Still do sometimes. <laughs> um, I always fantasized about alcohol. I'd watch the adults drink. They were all so happy, they were having a good time, and I wanted to be them. I wanted to fit in. I always wanted to be someone who I wasn't. I always wanted to be older. I wanted to be more sophisticated. I wanted to be the life of the party. Alcohol did that for me. I started drinking at a very early age. I would find ways to sneak drinks around my parents at six years old. Um, I would want to drink apple juice, ginger ale, whatever that looked like alcohol, out of wine glasses, out of tumblers, out of beer mugs, just so I could look the part. When I was 12 years old, my perfect loving family split apart. My mom came to me one night and said she was leaving and she'd call me. My dad cried for months. I had never seen my dad cry before, but what I was told to do, it was a big secret. I was not allowed to tell anyone what was going on, not that they couldn't tell that my mom was not living with us. But that's how my family was. Everything was a secret. At that point, I shut off all feelings. I, not, I didn't see it as a troubled time then. I saw it as an opportunity. At that point, my mom turned into my best friend and did not act as my mother. Let me do whatever I wanted to do, and I took advantage of it. Got some notes here. <laughs> I started doing things that a normal 12 or 13-year-old child should not do. I started hanging out with people who I shouldn't have been hanging out with, but I saw that I was more mature. I couldn't hang out with people my own age because I didn't fit in with them. Always trying to be older. Hanging out with guys who were five to ten years my senior when I was 13 years old. And it was okay. At that point, I became an everyday drinker go out in the morning. It was summertime at the time, so I wasn't in school. I'd go out at about 8 o'clock in the morning, drink all day. Um, 
and then go home because I could. I was short, still am. <laughs> I was fat, I was ugly, I had braces in the whole nine yards. When I put a drop of alcohol in my system, I was tall, I was beautiful, I was thin. All the guys wanted me and all the girls envied me and I loved it because I was someone who I wasn't. I'd go out with my mom sometimes. We'd hang out with her friend and I would tell you a little bit about my sister. My sister's always been better than me at everything. My sister is the perfect child. There is no resentment there. <laughs> I would hang out with my mother, drink with her friends, and my, I remember one time very clearly my mom saying, see, you're more fun than your sister. I like hanging out with you. And I grabbed onto that, and I took advantage of that. So in order to be more fun than my sister, I had to drink. I then got a job at the local McDonald's, and I soon realized it wasn't just a paycheck, but it was just a big party. I could drink, I could use, I could do anything I wanted there because nobody cared. I also met more people that could get me alcohol. It was very readily available at the time. I am not only alcoholic, but very codependent. I'll latch on to anybody. I always needed that boyfriend to make me feel like I was okay. To make me feel a false sense of security. <coughs> so, I met two charming young men at McDonald's. They played a very big part in my life. <coughs> the first one was in a band. And I loved him. I was supposed to marry him. He didn't like my drinking. He asked me to stop. And I loved him, so I tried, and it lasted about two weeks. And when I first got into the program, people asked me, can you control your drinking? Have you ever tried to stop and failed? And that became very apparent to me, because I couldn't stop for anybody. It was very hard for me. Drinking was a huge part of my life. How do you have fun without it? I had no idea. I had to start hiding my drinking. I had to start lying. I was already lying, that's what I do. But he was an angry person and he took it out on me physically and mentally. I drank about it. I accepted unacceptable behavior. After six months of that, I decided to leave him and latch on to somebody else. I was supposed to marry him too. <laughs> He was the rebel type, the bad boy, the guy I always wanted. I was, willing trying to, I was willing to try anything to alter my consciousness, to alter reality, to alter my mood. He had all the answers. See, at that time, alcohol didn't work for me as good as it used to. It didn't take away all the feelings anymore. I just had to drink more and more, so I enhanced it with drugs. Yes, drugs are a part of my story, and I will not apologize for that. They brought me to my knees a lot faster than alcohol ever would have, and I know that for a fact. 
So anything that would numb me, I loved. Sophomore year in high school, I moved to a little town and there's a girl I worked with who lived there as well and she was gonna introduce me to all of her friends. I made a great impression on all of them. <laughs> the first night I hung out with them, there's two bottles of brandy, I hung on to one all night. Next thing I know, I wake up in the hospital after a six hour coma, I died in the parking lot. Five minutes later, if my mom got her way and she wanted to wait till I got home to yell at me. Her boyfriend wanted to come out and find me and kill me on the spot. If she got her way, I would not be here today because the doctor said five more minutes and you would not be alive. That is God working in my life. And I didn't see that for a long time. For a long time, I resented him for that. He's messing with God's plan, I was supposed to die, but today I can see that I'm, I'm meant to be here. The things I've gone through are only so I can help other people. And just to tell you what kind of friends I had then, I was with six other people that night, and when they found me in the parking lot, I was alone. I was just like them, though. I would use you, I would lie to you, I would hurt you just to get what I wanted, and when you had nothing left that I wanted, I would not talk to you. I would write you off. My parents made me go to rehab when I was 15 years old. I graduated that six-month program in a year and a half. <laughs> Yay me! That rehab did not keep me sober. All it did for me was help me find new using buddies. Learn more about stuff that I haven't tried yet. But my parents must have talked to my uncle. My uncle is an active member in this program. And at my grandmother's wake, he came up to me with a big buck and a 24-hour coin and asked me if I had a drinking problem. And I lied to him and I said yes. <laughs> I just wanted to see what he was going to give me. <laughs> but I never read those 164 pages that he so politely suggested I read. And they don't tell you in this program, but if you look in the dictionary, a suggestion is a subtle command. <laughs> so they want you to do those things. <laughs> I continued to drink for the next three months until I finally hit my bottom on October 15, 2004. I was going to a party with some friends, and again, I lied to my mother about where I was going. But she found out this time. She came to pick me up. I answered the door with a sex in the beach in one hand and a beer in the other, and she had asked me if I'd been drinking. <laughs> and I said, no, not really, not that much. She told me to come with her because she needed to talk to me. She had enough. I was ripping through everyone's life, everyone's life that I cared about the most, and hurting them all. And they couldn't live with that anymore. So I stumbled to her car, and we had a huge fight out in the driveway that night. It was pouring rain. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was screaming, 
My mom was screaming. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. And I saw her cry one more time. I heard her say, Cat, I can't live with you anymore. I don't know what to do with you. One more time. And right there I realized what I have done. I stepped out of myself for a second and I took a look at my life to see where it was going. It was going nowhere and it was going nowhere fast. Right there, I knew I needed help. I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to go through the pain. I didn't want... I couldn't leave my house anymore without being with an immediate family member. Now, that wasn't the law's fault. That was my fault and my parents' suggestion. I never got into any legal trouble. And that was one of the things that made me think, maybe I'm not an alcoholic. I never got a DWI. Well, I don't have a car. <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> I lost the people I care about. All my friends from school I isolated from. I thought it was more fun to hang out by myself and drink in my room than go to senior then go to junior prom. I didn't want to be with them. They weren't as cool as me. I lost the trust, everybody's trust. I lost myself. Sounds cliche, but it's very true. And I'm still working on finding myself. The next morning, I woke up. My mom took me out to lunch and said, Kat, we need to do something. And I had two options. I was going to Park Ridge Residential for 18 months, or I could go live with my uncle. I chose the easier, softer way. I went to live with my uncle. It wasn't the easier, softer way. <laughs> I remember going to my first meeting and I got all dressed up thinking like, ooh, maybe I'll find someone there to hang out with. Not everybody in that room could be sober. I could find someone to drink with. Broaden my horizons. <laughs> so I got all dressed up. I walked in and I did not say a word. I was scared of you people. You're all so happy. I hadn't been happy in so long. My uncle took me to meetings until I wanted to go to meetings. And I love to go to meetings today. I met a lot of great people in this program. You will meet a couple sick ones. <laughs> but there are so many amazing people in this program that are willing to help you. And they don't want anything back from you. In order to keep it, you got to give it away. And it's true. I got a sponsor right away. That's what I was told to do. I took suggestions and I listened to them because I had no other choice. 
When I came into these rooms, I was 80 pounds soaking wet. My skin was a nice shade of gray. My eyes were popping out of my head. Now, ain't that a vision for you? (laughs) (laughs) I jumped right into the steps. I didn't want to die, and that book says if you don't do it, you're going to die. And that was the first time in my life I didn't want to die. I went from praying every night not to wake up in the morning to praying every night saying thank you for another day sober. The first step wasn't really that hard for me, I have to admit. I knew my life was unmanageable. I mean, look at me. (laughs) I ruined everything around me. Everything I touched went bad. I was powerless over alcohol, and you guys showed me that because by asking me those questions like, could you control your drinking? By seeing myself, after I died that night, I said, I'm not going to drink that much anymore, and I always ended up drinking that much. I had no choice. So the first step was pretty easy for me, because I had seen it. That was me. The second step, on the other hand, (laughs) I went to Catholic school from preschool to 12th grade. I went to church every Sunday, and I hated it. God, to me, was, if you don't do this right, you're going straight to hell. And obviously, I hadn't done very much right things in my life, so I was scared of him. I always used to say I was brainwashed into believing, and I felt like I kind of was. But when I got into this program, I found out that I could have a higher power of my own understanding. I didn't have to have yours. You didn't have to have mine. It didn't have to be any religious thing. It's spirituality. And for a really long time, I believed that my sponsor believed because I was just not willing to believe in my own. The third step, (laughs) that's a tough one. I continue to do that every day, every night, and I still snatch back my will all the time. But I can be aware of it today. And my fourth step, first fourth step I did, I didn't think I had any resentments. I don't hold grudges. I'm a very nice person, and I never get angry. (laughs) That list was so long. I don't know where they came from. But when I was done with my fourth step, finding out how scared I was of everything around me, finding out what I did to other people, I did my fifth step with my sponsor. It was really kind of funny. I made plans to have lunch with someone after my fifth step because I thought it would only be like an hour, maybe. (laughs) I had to call them and cancel because six hours later, I finally finished. After my fifth step, my sponsor told me that I am a dishonest, inconsiderate, selfish, self-seeking, fearful little girl, an egomaniac with low self-esteem. I was so glad I did that step. (laughs) That was wonderful. (laughs) 
My six and seven steps I do on a daily basis. They're not just going to go away. You got to work at it. And your HP can help. He's there. Or she. Whatever you choose. From my fourth step, I got my eighth step list. And I started making amends. Now my amends to my father, who I never got along with, were totally different people, was the hardest one I ever had to do. You know my perfect sister? Well, I asked my dad out to dinner one night to make amends to him, and he invited her. <laughs> I still did it, though, and I got a lot out of it. I cleaned my side of the street. Today I can accept him for who he is, not who I want him to be, and he can do the same for me. Through this program, I learned how to be a good sister, a good daughter, not a mother yet, someday, and a good friend. I'm currently working on the 12th step, carrying the message. That's what this is. That's what it's all about carrying the message to other alcoholics so that you can help them and they can help you. I remember one time when I first got sober, we were talking about the whole God thing with my sponsor who had a boyfriend at the time who was like my pseudo sponsor. But I didn't like what she said, I went to him. <laughs> it didn't always work out the way I had planned. And that's when the spiritual experiences, the spiritual stuff started happening. He asked me to go through the day and find five miracles. It was hard for me to find one, but when you really pay attention, they happen all the time. <coughs> but for the grace of God, I'm alive today. That's a miracle. I took a break from this program at about a year sober. Got into another relationship because I love them and they love me. <laughs> and I stopped working the steps. And I stopped calling my sponsor. I still went to meetings, but I stopped helping others. I don't recommend that. I was miserable, I was angry, and I didn't know why. <laughs> and I quickly learned that everything you put before your sobriety, you lose. Because I lost that boyfriend. I lost our puppy. We had a house. I lost that. But sometimes you just need to lose those things to realize what you really have. And that all happened in sobriety. <laughs> Give me a minute. 
I started hanging out with people in this program. Right now, I actually don't have any friends that are not in this program. At first, it was my best friend was about 60 years old. <laughs> Then I started reaching out to people, saying hi. Now there's a whole group of us young people around here. And I learned how to have fun in sobriety. I learned that I don't need to drink to enjoy myself. We go to these awesome things, these young people's conferences, and you stay up all night just going to meetings and fellowship. And it's a beautiful thing. You meet people from all over the place. And I love it. I've traveled more in sobriety than I have ever traveled in my life. I get more from sobriety than I have ever gotten in my life. And I realize the material things today aren't as important as they were before. It doesn't matter what I have or what I don't have. People still like me just the same. I just have to be me. I've had a couple of sponsees in this program, none of which have gotten sober, but I was still there for them. And it took me a long time to realize I was not at fault. They didn't want it. That's not my fault. Because, you know, everything's always about me. <laughs> I was just talking to someone before this, and they said, Kat, this isn't about you. Because hopefully you're going to say something that will touch someone else and keep them sober today. God, make me a channel so that I can help others. I really don't have very much to say other than I am grateful to be here today. This is a great experience. Through this program, I have grown mentally, emotionally, spiritually, not physically. <laughs> But that's what high heels are for. <laughs> this program has given me more than I ever could have imagined, and I hear it a lot in these rooms. If I had made a list of what I wanted out of this program, I would be selling myself very short. Today I have a sense of serenity about me. There's not so much chaos in my life. The knot in my stomach is gone. My conscience is clear for the first time. Because I know when I'm doing something wrong, and I do my best to make amends for it right then. Sorry about that. All I can suggest to you today 
is to do this deal because hard work. It's not easy, but it is simple. And the rewards you'll get for it, from it, will be so great. Thank you. That's all I have.